What's up, everybody? It's Sunday, episode seven. The sauce is back. I know we took a little bit of a social media hiatus this week, just purely out of respect to everything that's going on in the world right now. We wanted to make sure we were really focusing and learning and paying attention and and doing all we can. So still recording the pod, obviously, but wanted to make sure that if anyone was worried that we were falling through the cracks, we weren't. Just pure, pure respect. Joey Coffee, good morning. How you doing, bro? Doing all right. Still just kind of bummed out about what's been going on uh, in America these days. And, yeah, just to touch on the fact that, you know, the blog, we kind of took a backseat. Didn't want to, like, really write anything about our usual stupid stuff to kind of take any focus off of what's really important going on. So we're not going anywhere. Just want to take a step back and, like Frank said, like, listen, learn, um, and really just kind of dive into our introspective selves, learn more from people uh, in our community and really just try to be part of the effort that hopefully one day stops all of this madness. So I don't know, Frank, we've got to do something about this. Our generation has to be the one that puts the kibosh on racism. Well, I really agree, man. And I was someone who was feeling really emotional on Sunday. And then our, our VP sent a nice message to us on Monday and in our opening meeting. And that kind of really pushed me over the edge to the, point where I um, I ended up writing a pretty long blog about just what I felt about what was going on and just the problems that have been going on since the inception of this country and it was something where I was really emotional about it to the point where I had to do something and I didn't know who to talk to so I just put it down on paper and it was one of the most powerful things I've ever done in my life and um, I sent it over to a couple friends of mine in the black community one being Malcolm Kelsey and alert my coworker Lexi just Williams just to make sure that what I was saying didn't come off the wrong way. Um, and I was open to their feedback and very appreciative. And, and at the end of the day, they loved the message that I, that I was sending in there, which was great. So that's why I posted it. It's something I've never done before again. And it just, I just felt great for me to be able to, to say that and continue opening my eyes and ears to learning and, and be holding others accountable as well. I think that's super important um, yeah. in, this, in this sense too. So um it's been a very emotional week agreeing with you there. Um, and I, I look forward to, to being an advocate and all of us being advocates for continuing this change. And I know we're going to touch upon some, some things that happened in the sporting world in relation to, to the racial injustice and injustices and, and things that are going on. But I um, just want to mention that that, that kind of really hit home with me, that message I, I wrote this past weekend. And um, it really, really 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 took me to a took a new level of kind of insight your blog was really was very well spoken um and written the one thing i think that i learned mostly during all this time uh, i saw a bunch of like uh high profile celebrities tweet or mention this is that you know uh they realized that you know it's not it's not enough to just not be racist like you and me obviously we have plenty of black friends and whatnot or, or even of any minority um and the fact that like just because we aren't racist, again, it's not, we have to do more about that. So being a a good person should not be like a a challenge, like a hurdle. That should be the default bare minimum. Like, of course you have to be a good person and respect anybody um, of any color, race, religion, whatever it may be. Um, So that's me. That that kind of spoke loudly that, you know, it's not, it's not enough just to sit back and be a good person. You have to do that. And of course go the extra mile. So 
Uh, I know myself and like other bloggers we have uh, with our crew are working on like posting some uh, links for like donations, et cetera, or just ways to kind of help. So uh, once we get the blog kind of roaring back up, I would say expect some, we'll kind of, we'll try to point you in directions that can go about helping this movement with tangible resources and like don't again, donations uh, where to vote, et cetera, et cetera, just actual stuff that will hopefully push for a change. So that's me spoke about that. Can't just be a good person anymore. That's not enough. We have to be a good person and go the extra step. Amen to that. And that just kind of sparks a reminder for me. Um, we had our owner, one of our owners, David Blitzer, on one of our company calls this week, and he talked about how he grew up in a very uh, minority-heavy um, like upbringing, right? And he said like he never, never saw color, I, I think similar to what we did, where we grew up in a very diverse town. And he said it, it kind of got him to a point where – you almost got just too comfortable, you know, being, being friends with those that are in the minority community to a point where you kind of get blind to what they're really going through and what they mm -hmm. really have gone through. And you can't forget and lose sight of the bigger picture of their lives just because you grew up with them and quote, you don't see color, you know, I guess the kind of become the, the cliche that's being said right now, but like you have to really delve in like, what does that mean? And you can't get comfortable having the privilege we have. And I think that's the biggest thing that we need to understand from our view. Um, that's how, again, we can go back to holding others accountable and continuing to learn and make sure like we're asking those questions and really, really trying to see through someone in the black community's eyes. Um, yeah. So that was really powerful that he had to say to us too, but just wanted yeah, to- Yeah, I was definitely, in, I was in that bunch of like, I don't see color, which I think now it obviously is a good mentality, but now I think it's important that we do in fact see color and until we see it and respect it, um, then we can get to a point where color, of course, does not matter. But we have to right now like, recognize it, um, yeah, appreciate it, respect it, and, of course, allow equality until then we can go and say we don't see color. Mm -hmm. um, 100%, man. And we'll, we'll continue to start moving along now to some of the things that happened this past week. Um, in my opinion, I think yours as well, that the, the D.C. Black Lives Matter street-long mural was, was super powerful. Yeah. Um, I thought that was I didn't see it until you told me about it so it was when I looked up I was like holy shit that's that's pretty cool stuff and it's really cool and like um I was even I I'm very I've been very plugged into uh, Twitter this past few weeks and like I was even seeing some like negative tweets about that like people calling it like a, a gimmick or like a like a stunt for like I'm pretty sure the mayor of DC is the one who organized that and people were saying how, like, you know, it was just for, like, a press move. Like, and to me, it's like, I cannot wrap my head around the fact that people who are actively advocating on, like, the correct side of history, that these are people that you, we are, are allied with. And to find, like, a negative way to spin that, to me, is just very weird. And uh, I can't, I, I mentioned this before, but we can, you can't, like, fight within any, any, with any part of life. You cannot fight with the ones who are on your side and expect like, the, op the opposition to respect you or to make change. We have to stop bickering and arguing as uh, our side of, the, um, of this debate or this movement, because until we're unified in like a full force where there's no negativity on our side pushing for change, um, the opposition won't ever respect it because they're seeing us fight within. So I know it's very, very minute people, and it's not even really, it's probably like a handful of people in the world who like, said it was kind of bullshit or like a gimmick. So I know the majority of people were obviously a very, a very cool move and a very powerful move. Um, but to me, it's just strange seeing like negative stuff being said about that when it was like, 
it was crazy powerful to me. It's a good point that you make there. And I think that's a lot of times that the human brain is, is trained to just assume negativity and assume the bad side. And I think that's, and you say it's minute, but that minute can grow to a macro level because if you at your minute level are assuming the negativity and assuming the bad, then it's only going to grow and sprout into getting to that media level where it's like, Oh, they're doing this for a publicity stunt. It's like, let's, why don't, why don't we assume the positivity from the beginning and see how we can make this a positive and be like, Holy shit. Like, look at this beautiful thing that they're doing in DC. How can we use this to invoke the change and to continue pushing the envelope instead of all oh, this was strictly a publicity stunt or it was right. scheduled by the mayor or whatever it was. It's just like, I don't know. I, I that that's tough. Yeah. Yeah, everyone, everyone knows it. Like that, of course, that, certain move is not going to invoke really any tangible changes but again it's it's still a move like yes it's going to take actual like effort and like really like like changing laws and like bills etc etc where i know that's not going to actually make a specific change um but they're on our side like that clearly that mayor is on the side of the people um so to find any way to spin that as like a bad thing to me which is i was very very weird that Mm -hmm. someone can see that and not appreciate it right and if we're missing something, by all means, someone let us know. But um, that's kind of what we saw from our, from our point of view. Um, but moving on, I also wanted to talk about the, um, the Hoboken protest that I was able to participate in yesterday. I just got back to, to Hoboken um, late Thursday night, and we had a protest on Friday uh, afternoon. And it was one of the most powerful things I've ever been to. I didn't do the entire walk from uptown, downtown. I kind of met them as I got closer to downtown and we kind of walked back up the main strip of Washington street again. But it was just like, when you got to that corner and I have chills talking about it right now, it, it was just like complete silence until you got a block away. You turned right onto Washington street and it was just a sea of people of support. And it was just chance and posters and, people handing out free waters and snacks and everyone like on the same page. And like for the first time in my life, it was like every single person on the street is like together. There's no hate. There was no hate in that moment. It was so unified and so powerful. And like any second my body would get away from the chills, it would pick back up again. It was just like wave, just chills. And like, I was like, this is so powerful. Um, I guess I didn't understand how powerful it would be until I was myself there. So I'm super thankful that I decided to, to come back to the area this weekend and, and be a part of that. Um, it's something I'll never forget. And I know everyone there who won't forget. Definitely. Um, but yeah, let's get into some, uh, a lot, a lot's been happening in the sport in terms of obviously athletes speaking out and uh, teams as a, in general. Um, so we can go to our big four breakdown. We can get to the NFL first. Um, obviously probably the biggest story of the week in terms of athletes, Drew Brees obviously dropped the ball here. Um, I think everyone knows that. Uh, he, of course, so today it's Saturday that we're, we're doing this. Um, he, of course, has backtracked his statement by now. Um, and he actually, I mean, he apologized, Frank, but to me I kind of more so saw it as I'm sorry that I got caught. Um, his apology, didn't he didn't really redact what he said um, originally. Um, but this morning, he actually, I think he actually he posted something um, – in light to uh, Donald Trump, the president, saying how we cannot use the flag as an excuse anymore. Like this is not about military or like or having no respect for veterans, troops, etc. Um, so he has he has obviously walked it back and said that you know we cannot we we can't use 
America or the flag uh, as an excuse to not talk about what's been going on in, the, in America uh, in terms of racism. So kudos to him for kind of, I guess, realizing what he said was wrong. But the fact that he did in the first place is still kind of concerning because, you know, he's not, he's, it's not like a young person. Like he's 40 years old. Like he should be well-versed enough to not be that tone deaf. Um, and also props to his, his teammates came out and basically just blasted him. Like that takes a lot of courage. Like that's your, that's your franchise quarterback, one of the best quarterbacks to ever play. Um, a guy who previously was probably one of the more well-liked guys in the league. Um, so props to his teammates for having the courage to step up and be like, Hey, like Drew, like, like, that's not like, you're just, you're so wrong. Um, and again, I mentioned he obviously walked back his apology or his, uh, words, he apologized, put that statement out to Trump and to America in general, uh, and his teammates have thus reconciled and, you know, shown support to him. So, you know, hopefully that Saints locker doesn't get too bad. Um, but again, Drew Brees dropped the ball. Uh, but ultimately, I think, kind of picked it back up and somewhat recovered from that. I don't know. What, what, are, your, what are your thoughts on what he did? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm aligning with you perfectly. And you said that you said all you had to say about it. And I just think it goes to show that, like, no matter who you are, no matter what your stature is, no matter how long you've been in, the, in a sports league, like, as I mentioned earlier, you, you can't get comfortable you can't forget like the main message, the unification of, of us as the white, white people in the black community, like that right there. And it's, it sucks that it was Drew Brees because I'm a big Drew Brees fan and he's done immense, immense things for the Louisiana, the state of Louisiana, let alone New Orleans. Um, and he looked at it in a very high regard there. So I can completely understand how that really, really hit home for not, only the black community as a whole, but his teammates in specific, where he's probably been a father figure for a lot of them for a long time. Um, I don't have much more to say on that, but it was tough to see. And I think he's a human who understands his mistakes and will own up to them. And I, you know, I hope it makes him better, but um, yeah, I, think, I just, I wish his apology, his first one, cause he, he kind of apologized twice. I wish his first one was a bit more specific and like what he like, he basically just said, like, you know, I get, I get what I said was offensive, and kind of left it at that. He didn't really like, he didn't like take back what he said really. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Drew Brees is not at a, necessarily at a fault for thinking that any sort of like disrespect to the flag like does not sit with him, which is totally it's like it's a, it's a fine opinion to have. Like, if you want to respect the flag, like, so be. Like, that's a very honorable thing to stand behind. Um, but in terms of like kind of just how he like he didn't he didn't preface his original statement with like listen I understand that things have to change like etc 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 he basically just jumped in saying like I will not like I will never kneel for the flag like it's disrespectful to me and it's like it but it's it's like it's not about that Drew and that's what all the obviously all the athletes said it's not like it wasn't about the flag when Cap did it and it's not about the flag now it's not about military like no one's ever came out and said like this was all about you know not supporting American veterans or, or current troops so um, and obviously LeBron came out and had a very eloquent response. He didn't really, he didn't like, he didn't like berate Drew Brees. He kind of put it away like, Hey, like basically a long tweet saying like, you know, like wake up, like this is like, you're fighting the wrong fight here. Um, but again, he kind of came back on it. So moving on, um, uh, and, and lighter news and very, very powerful news. Uh, Matt Ryan 
is working with GoFundMe to donate money to um, the black communities throughout Atlanta. And he personally donated $500,000 uh, to that GoFundMe. Um, so big props to Matt Ryan. It's, I mean, it's a lot of money. Uh, and it's just very, it's showing that, you know, he's behind his city, he's behind his teammates. Um, so I'm sure Atlanta is very happy to have Matt Ryan right now as the quarterback. 100%. And massive shout out to any athlete using their platform to donate right now. We just happened to see Matt Ryan's big one. Um, I know it's mm-hmm. all over the country right now. From a micro to a, to a giant level, people are, are showing support. Um, I know there was a little bit of a, a controversial post by the 49ers as well um, with their Blackout Tuesday. People were a little pissed off yeah. because of, obviously, the Colin Kaepernick situation a couple of years ago. And that personally hits, hits home for me because I actually – I know I told you this the other day. I actually did my senior thesis – on um, like Twitter and social media reactions back when Kaepernick took the knee. Um, I wasn't someone who came out and was like, F Kaepernick, what the hell is this from the beginning? I really, truly, genuinely took a step back and like wanted to do some research before I formulated whatever opinion I wanted. So that's why I chose to do my senior college thesis project on that. So um, going back to like present day, people were kind of a bit of an uproar because the Niners are showing support, which adds core. They're showing support and they're, they're, they're doing the black twos, like blackout twos, yeah. like everyone else, but people were just pissed. It's like, you didn't they're, in a, they're in a big, support. they're in a big pickle. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they, have, they, of course they botched it. They botched the Kaepernick thing. I mean, they were the, obviously his team. Um, they didn't, they didn't really come out to his defense whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, obviously like they have to sort of post something now, which I, again, I, I don't, I hate saying they post it just to post it because everyone else is doing it. Uh, I'm sure they're not an evil team or evil people behind them. I know, like, I don't know, there's a lot of hate for, like, ownership and, you know, these billionaires right now. But I like to believe that at the core they're not evil people and they weren't just posting that to post it. Um, but it just it's, it is kind of hypocritic that, you know, they were the ones that severely um, botched the Kaepernick's um, problem when he – when he came out and they didn't really, they didn't defend him. And then they basically come out and say that we don't, we support Black Lives Matter, et cetera. So I don't know. They're, they were in a weird spot, but they had to do something. So I don't know. They were going to, they were going to get bad comments anyway, I think. For sure. For sure. Um, and we, we, we can move on to the final portion of the NFL se- segment here, but it was the video that I think was quote, uh, called, we will not be silenced. And it was a bunch of different, um, African-American players in the NFL like saying the different phrases to create this one long message together and like it was extremely moving for me to watch I think I watched it twice just to like really capture it again um, I that was something that was, that was very powerful nothing more than that but I know it was something that was very popular and, and, and moving um, but we can move on to the NBA now Big four breakdown. And I'm going to start off. I'm not even going to call her by her name. I'm just going to call her the Fox News lady. I think we have to say her name. People can just. You can say her we name. Have to, we have to say her name so people know that, like, there's somebody out there. Like, so Lauren, Laura Ingraham, I think is how you say her name on Fox News. I think, I think we have to know her name because she's not an ally. She's someone who's against the fight. So mm-hmm. I think it's important to know who she is and people should not be in support of her if that's, you know, I mean, if you want change, we can't advocate for someone like her. 
Um, right. but go ahead. Yeah. Talk about what she, what she did. I mean, if you guys haven't seen it, I'm sure a lot, a lot of listeners have, but she was the lady telling Katie and LeBron to, to shut up and dribble, just play your game. And then when the Drew Brees thing came out, she was like trying to back him and be in support of, of his freedom of speech. And the last thing you want to do in the first place is, is piss off LeBron James and even more than that, the last thing you want to do is piss off LeBron James when it has to do with racial injustice because he's someone throughout his entire career who has been very outspoken about his support and using his platform, which I immensely, immensely respect him for. And he literally called Fox News Lady out. I'm going to keep calling her that because I don't have the respect to call her by her name after what I watched her say. Um, and to your point, she's not for the fight. So I think she needs to be called out if we're going to talk about holding people accountable. Fox News lady, if you're even listening in any realm, I'm calling you out for your accountability. Figure it the hell out. Um, and I'm glad LeBron called her out for that. Yeah, and LeBron James, like, I don't care what your opinion about him is on the basketball court. I really couldn't care less if you like him or not. Um, but it, off the court, it, I, don't, I don't see how any human being with a, with a heart can ever disagree with LeBron about anything off the court. Um, like, he's done more than probably, like, generations have for his community in Ohio and now in Los Angeles or anywhere in Miami, anywhere he's played. Um, he's like done so much good in those cities where he's been across, across the world in general. Um, and his tweet it was the best tweet I've saw. He was like, cause he, he like, he commented on uh, that video of her saying that he was like, Oh, it's like, Oh, should I shut up? He was like, no, nah, I'm, I'm going to be louder than ever. And he's been tweeting like nonstop, like retweeting everything. Uh, engaging with people across the across the country and the world so I don't know yeah LeBron is like I think LeBron's one of the best athletes I think he's the best athlete ever off the court in terms of what he's been doing for just people in general and building schools just you know fighting for his community so uh, I, I always love I love LeBron for that I love on, on the court too but I love him more so for that he's a genuinely good person um, and on the flip side the other goat, Jordan, also, I mean, obviously huge props to him. Uh, Michael Jordan and his brand are donating over $100 million over the next 10 years to racial activist groups, you know, stopping, obviously, racism, fighting for equality. So huge amount of money from Michael Jordan. Um, and again, people, again, very happy to see these, the best athletes ever use their platform for, for good and donating these huge amounts of money to to fuel this fight. Awesome. Amen to that. Um, but before we move on to the NHL, we can we can talk about some actual like physical basketball. And the twenty-two team playoff in Orlando is approved. That's sick. We need sports uh, so bad. <laughs> all twenty-eight player reps on the call approved the format. Which to me, and I was actually listening to something the other day talking about the relationship between Adam Silver and Chris Paul. But to me, that just shows how unified the NBA is. Um, they, I don't think the NBA PA and, and the league has ever been in a better place. Um, the, the article that I read was praising how well Chris Paul has meshed the superstars of the league with the loudest voices with the, with the league itself and Adam Silver. And like they're saying how like, they're on like weekly or bi-weekly calls, Silver and Chris Paul, just making sure everything's good. Like there's never been a better open dialogue between the league and the players. And I think that's a massive, massive commend commendment to them. And 
in how every single player got improved. Adam Silver, Adam Silver is awesome. He's I love super, He's so plugged into the league and what people, what the players want. Um, you might not always agree with what like the changes he wants to invoke. They might seem like a bit too far fetched sometimes, but overall, he's never he's never scared to again, even try to make those changes that he wants or thinks is better. Um, and again, I think he's very very tuned in with his players and what they want. And he's never going to let his like, personal opinion get in the way of player relations, which hint, hint, we'll get to later. Some leagues can take a note from Adam Silver and be a good commissioner, but we'll get to that later. But overall, Adam Silver, um, I think, is, a, is one of the best commissioners in sports right now. It's not the best commissioner. I agree. And at least from, like, what I see in the public eye, you know, we, we don't see behind closed doors, but – from what I see of Adam Silver, every time he speaks on TV, every time he is in the public, he checks his ego at the door. Like, it's not about him. It's not about, like, how he looks. It's about, like, this is for the league. It's for the players. Like, NBA has grown exponentially compared to That's any why it's grown. Yeah, it's, it's grown because he's been advocating for – It's for bigger in China than it is here in the U.S. It's unbelievable how much basketball has grown. Players fuel any sport, and Silver gets that. It's, he, Adam Silver can't grow the NBA. No one – at the core, no one cares about Adam Silver. It's Adam Silver's job to let the players fuel the game, which he has, and that's why the NBA has exploded over. And and also, credit to David Stern was, was good in that regard too. David Stern improved the game with like with Jordan, like like at a crazy rate. Um, so the NBA has always been pretty plugged in with like letting the players do the talking, fuel the league, which is what you're supposed to do as commissioner, not try and do it yourself because no one cares about you at at, at the core. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but but moving on to the league and games itself coming back looks like an eight game regular season to finish the year uh there will be a play-in tourney if necessary so like if the nine seed is within four games of the eight seed they're going to do a little play-in tourney if not that eight seed would just get the eight seed um it'll look like they're gonna be traveling to florida on july 7th to set up shop i think it's so funny we were talking about this a couple weeks ago we're like yo we, we stayed in these facilities and and Disney, like, this would be sick. Like, they should do this. And now it's actually happening. Um, there's going to be fr- three different facilities that they're going to play at at first, the stage games, uh, and daily COVID testing as well. They're not going to do, like, the fully invasive swab up your nose and down your throat, which makes me gag every time watching it <laughs> on social yeah. media. But they're still going to be doing daily COVID tests um, to make sure that everyone is is staying healthy. And We need and sports happy. so bad. I'm so, I'm so excited for this. I know. It's awesome. Um, but if you don't have anything else to say on the NBA, I'll, I'll move over quickly to the NHL. Um, there's just really one thing that I want to talk about. And again, it's, I'm a very lucky person to be working in professional sports and, and, and be in the front office and get the behind the scenes looks of what's going on in, in the sporting world at a high level. Uh, we had a, a company call at the end of the week where um, none other than PK Subban um, joined us on a company wide zoom. Um, he's been very outspoken recently and which I think is great, obviously, for, for who he is and the game of hockey as well, um, to have that voice um, of diversity. Um, I know hockey is a predominantly, you know, white sport or a foreign, a foreign sport, but still, you know, white. Um, and essentially, he donated $50,000, and the NHL matched him to support the black community. And on the call, which I thought was super powerful, our company pledged to him an additional $50,000 to the Boys and Girls Club of Newark, New Jersey, as well as one other um, urban fund as well. And, like, it just goes to show, like, I'm so happy that he came to New Jersey and did and has done what he's done. Um, he has this program called the Blue Line Buddies as well, where he actually brings 
a couple kids from the inner city of Newark or inner city areas of Jersey and connects them with police officers in the Jersey area. And they get to sit together at hockey games and interact. And like, that's so powerful to me because that's how it's going to invoke change. If you at the, at the child level can learn and, and interact with the police force and just try and create some sort of comfortability, you know, and, and normalcy, like that's what he's trying to do. Um, and really using his platform. And that's like more actionable than anything I've ever seen because you're literally like, you, you've heard many people in the black community say, Hey, like I have to tell my son or my daughter, like, this is how it's going to be for your life. This is how it's going to be every time you get pulled over. And PK is like, okay, well, let's bring this to the light and let's bring them together. Um, he does that every single game. He invites the inner city kids out with police and they, and they kind of sit together and it's so, so cool to see. Um, but I, and on top of that, just the fact that our company matched them, it, it's just, it just goes to show how much we've done as a company, not only in the, the Newark area, but down in Philadelphia as well. And those communities have really come together. And I know they're going to keep doing a great job, but again, shout out to PK. And um, he even said it himself, like he grew up in Canada, so he didn't really get to see this American racism until he came here. And it just wasn't apparent to him until he came here. Um, so that was kind of very, very, touching and different perspective to, to see as well but love that man and, and love the, the, the things that that we're able to do to, to can you help him and, and raise his platform as well um but moving on to our, our final score the big four breakdown major league baseball joey and i have been very very outspoken over the past couple of weeks within this game that we love so much and love more than anything else <laughs> frankly and it doesn't seem like it's getting anywhere better i guess at this point um the players association threw out an 114 game schedule the owners came back with like a 48 or 50 game schedule somewhere in the middle is 82 or something like that but like that's a very very far number um no way i know the relation so i know the relationship just seems to be at an all-time low between the game of baseball and the owners the owners know the more games they play with no fans the more money they're losing players know hey if we're gonna play 50 games that's literally like spring training like what are we doing and i'm kind of at a loss for words at this point so, and i want to keep there's no ball. there's there's no shot we see baseball i mean several of the beat writers or like anyone espn insiders anyone who's plugged into baseball um like the players and the owners had have, have not been farther apart since the last the last work stoppage um uh, in the 90s so i mean dude it there's no way we see baseball and it's so frustrating because these other leagues have stepped up and done like so many things correctly. Like the NBA is killing it. Hockey made a quick choice coming back, like quick format. Got, got it agreed upon. Um, and like, I just don't, I don't understand what baseball thinks it's doing. These owners are just so, so blind to like what to a, what's going on in the world right now. Like I haven't, I haven't seen like any baseball teams talk about anything in regard to the, um, the black lives matter movement or anything about the sorts. Um, I, the, the Yankees are, they disgusted me. They posted like a, a like a quote from um, Nelson Mandela. Like, I mean, yeah, Nelson Mandela is obviously a very, very powerful black figure, but like, the Yankees should put out their own statement. They shouldn't be quoting somebody else to speak. I don't know. To me, it was just like, it was so, so like, like cheap and they like dodged it. I was so mad that I saw that and they haven't like put out an official statement. Um, when like all almost all of the Yankee all time greats are of minority, um, uh, that that really pissed me off. But 
baseball has been so behind on, of course, treating the players right to start with, and also on, and then just being so oblivious to the world right now, and just not like they can't even put aside their squabble like during like during all of this, like they still can't come together. Um, so to me, it's just really pathetic. And and I love baseball so much, Frank, and I know you do too. And I know people out there do love baseball, uh, but it needs like like dramatic dramatic changes, like. The ownership is all white. I know you'll get to that in a second. Um, was it, there's one, one black manager and zero of top executives are black. Yeah. So like, I was reading one black manager. I think it was Dave Roberts, I believe, right? And is Dusty Baker back in the league? Yeah. So, so two. So there's two. Um, and it's said that of the top top eight executives for each major league baseball team, zero of them are black. And like baseball, baseball is there. In there lies the problem, man. In there lies the problem. Baseball was that sport when Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier. Baseball was the sport that was going to fight segregation in this country. And since then, in the last 25 years in specific, there has been a decline almost year over year of black players in the MLB. So like it, it is, it in lies the problem and it's from the top down. It's from ownership down and you're seeing it now. And you're seeing it at a at an executive level, at a coach level, at a player scout level. In that same article, it was talking about how players were like coming out and saying how scouts like didn't like when players would have flashy gold chains or stick their tongue out when they play or dress certain ways for press conferences. Like, what? It, that doesn't mean you can play the game different, like worse or better. Like that's that that's the the racial profiling that the game of baseball has behind closed doors that the public may not know about, but it's there. And it's apparent and it's showing its colors right now because whether you can have your opinions on being last to the party in terms of making a statement like the MLB did, but like the whole basis of change is, is get uncomfortable. And the MLB stayed comfortable and stayed to the last bit. And like, okay, you can say sometimes save the best for last, but it's not about that. Get uncomfortable, be on the forefront and come out and, and support the not enough black players you have in the league. They still need your support more than maybe any other league. You know, because there's so little of them, they need they need the MLB's platform, and and the, and the black players in the league were literally pushing MLB to come out with something that shouldn't happen. Right. That just shows. Yeah, I gar- yeah. And I guarantee of like the handful of teams who actually put out like statements for, like, that were um that were stating on behalf of the team. I guarantee it was because like, they were getting they were getting forced to do so. Um, so it's just overall just absolutely absolutely pathetic. And say what you want about Goodell. I mean, like I know he's often regarded as like, the worst commissioner in like American sports. Rob Manfred is like the biggest dummy, absolute idiot on planet earth. I mean, he told the MLB and the employees, like, don't rush into a statement. What, what are you going to rush into and say that's incorrect? You, I, I mean, this is all, I don't know. Like at the very least, like copy what other leaders, what other leagues are doing. I don't understand what he didn't want to rush into. Like how you can't, the only way you can screw this up in terms of a statement is if you're racist. So clearly he's like, hey, like, hey, all you old old white dudes, like, don't talk until I talk, because he knows they're all probably from, they're all 90 years old, born however long ago, and they grew up in a different planet, basically, than we did. Um, Any league, bro, they should have been the first to recognize the fact, holy shit, over the last 25 years, we've had a severe decline in black players in the league. We don't have any black leadership or minority leadership as a whole in this league. We should be coming on the forefront. Holy shit. 
we need to be the league to change. We need to be the league that goes back and respects what the hell Jackie Robinson did 70, 80 years ago and figure yeah. the hell out. You know what I mean? Instead of last of the last of the party, what are you, what are you guys doing? You guys, I don't know, B needs us more than anything. Yeah, Jackie Robinson playing in baseball might as well have been on Mars at this point. It seems like a different time when baseball was at the forefront of racial yeah. equality. It's not enough to give him just a day where everyone wears a jersey. It's not enough. It's not enough. I'm saying like the fact that like they were the ones that did it like so early on back then, and now they're the they're the absolute worst with it. It's just it, it's so backwards again. It's no, I didn't know it was that bad until I read that article. I didn't know. I didn't know. I knew it was obviously like there was not a a big black representation in MLB. And again, that starts at the top and scouting and owning and signing and drafting. I didn't realize it was to this extent. And that's why I'm super pissed off talking about it now. The scariest part to me is that how these people who are seemingly so stupid and so inconsiderate um, have all this, like, like the owners and the and Manfreds of the world that were just like, so like poor as humans and they have all of this money and like all the power um, is very, very concerning because I, you, you couldn't do you. You cannot be doing any worse than baseball is right now in terms of getting a season going, in terms of speaking out against racism, in terms of really any way you look at it, like marketing players. Like again, mentioned before, Mike Trout. I guarantee if you showed Mike Trout to half the country, they wouldn't know who the hell he was. And he might go down as the best baseball player ever. Everything baseball does is the worst. Um, and the and I think the worst part on top of that is that they do not give a single shit. If the owners can go home to their yachts and their mansions, that's all that matters to them. They don't care if baseball dies. They, they could not care less. Um, but they, I don't know. That's it. I guarantee we I guarantee we don't see baseball this year. And I don't blame I don't blame the players for not wanting to play. Um, the league has to do like a one eighty and like completely change up what it's doing because it's all it's the it's the worst league in sports right now. It's the worst league, and it's pathetic. Amen. And, again, if we're missing something, guys, like, let us know. But I think it's very apparent, um, and I think there's a reason we're speaking very passionately towards it. And there's, there's really nothing else that needs to be needs to be said about it. But I'm sick of beating the dead horse of MLB um, and to throw the fact that they just can't do the right thing. Right. Anything right. Yeah. Um, I know Joey and I hated to, ha- to kind of really see maybe, I don't know if we're seeing negative this whole pod. That's not who we are. We're someone who wants to bring the, bring light to everyone's lives with this podcast, but it'd be a disservice to the black community, disservice to this country, disservice to all our listeners to sit here and act like what didn't happen or what's been happening over the last week. Actually the inception of this country rather, as I wrote in my, in my blog that if we didn't, you know, acknowledge this, that, we really we, we even debated maybe not even doing the pod this week just again out of respect. But um, next week, and it looks like people are beeping outside my window. Looks like a little graduation. So sorry about that if you guys hear in the background. <laughs> Welcome back to Hoboken. Um, but next week we do have a, a pretty cool uh, interview coming up. It's gonna be a big one. I'm not gonna tell you who it is yet, but I'm excited for it. Man, tune in for sure. Um, it'll I, be a, it'll be a good balance of like getting a good insight on the league that he plays in as well. Just like, also we'll get, we'll, we'll go to some like fun stuff and like pick his brand about, you know, how cool it is doing what he does. So yeah. I think it'd be a good, a good mix of happiness and, and, and getting real to an extent, I think. Um, 
see, I'm looking forward to that. Like I mentioned before, at the top of the show, um, during the blog, I think in the next few weeks, again, we're going to try and point you guys in the direction. If you, if you read the blog, um, where to go again, donate, uh, where to find resources and where to make some tangible changes in, in your community. Um, so keep an eye out for that. And like Frank said, we, we're going to try and moving forward to be kind of like the escape from this, but uh, I think it's be, it would be very disrespectful of us to kind of be oblivious and turn a blind eye um, when we feel so strongly about it as, and the country should feel so strongly about. So again, just doing our part, again, getting our, our opinions out and being voices for, you know, the good side of the fight. Um, but yeah, that's all I got. So keep an eye out for the blog. Amen. We'll try and point you guys the right direction and then hopefully make you laugh along the way. Maybe hopefully make you a little bit happier during these times. For sure. For sure. And we all obviously appreciate everyone always listening to in every week. So if you could just do us one more big favor, continue spreading the word about what we're doing here. We're trying to, to, to make a change and, and just be a positive light in people's lives and talk about sports, talk about life. So if you can just review us on, uh, on the Apple podcast app, subscribe, check us out on, on any of your Spotify, wherever you want to listen. But if, if we really appreciate you guys continuing spreading the word. Joey and I are enjoying doing this and we've been getting some, some great messages sent from our friends telling us to keep going and keep chugging along. It's good value. And we hope that you guys agree. So have a great Sunday. Enjoy the warm weather. It's been beautiful out lately, no matter where you're living, I think, except maybe up in Alaska, maybe it's still cold up there, but <laughs> not many listeners from over there. So shout out to the Alaska listeners. Yeah. Shout out Alaska listeners. <laughs> Stay cool up there. <laughs> Happy Sunday, everybody. Take care. Thank you.